0: green junkie it's Stephanie Moran and today I have the pleasure of speaking with the zero waste chef Anne-Marie Bono. She is a cookbook author, blogger, fermenter, sourdough baker and has lived plastic-free since 2011. Through social media, her blog, her book, The Zero Waste Chef, plant forward recipes and tips for sustainable kitchen, and planet and Marie shows others how reducing their trash benefits the planet and also satisfies their taste buds improves their well-being and boosts their bank accounts a Canadian transplant she has two grown daughters and lives in the San Francisco Bay Area you can head over to my Instagram and TikTok and follow me at This Is Stephanie Morem if that is something that you want to do. And if you want to reduce waste and learn to consume less in just five days, you can binge my complimentary audio series. The links you will find them in the description. And don't forget to subscribe to the Green Junkie podcast on whatever platform you get your podcasts. That way, you will never miss another green living. Hi Anne Marie. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I am excited to chat with you. I've been following you on Instagram, which seems like forever. And the fact that you're Canadian <laughs> makes my green heart explode. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming and chatting with me.
1: Oh, thank you very much for having me on, Stephanie. I'm of, course, of, be here.
0: of course. And um, if you do not follow Anne-Marie, you need to go find her on Instagram. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more where you can find her, but she just shares such great information about living zero waste and reducing food waste and plastic free living. And it's just so, so inspiring. So I guess my first question, like I I just want to chat about food waste. It's a passion of mine as well, but you have so much information. I would like, how do you reduce waste in the kitchen? I know this is like a huge question and we could probably talk for like four hours about it, but what are things that someone that might be new to like wanting to reduce their waste? What are things that people can do to reduce their food waste in the kitchen?
1: Well, the one big thing is to shop your refrigerator first before you go to the grocery store. Most of us, when we were taught to cook, if we were taught to cook, we were told (laughs) look up an appetizing recipe and then jot down all of the ingredients and go to the store and buy all the stuff and bring it home and prep the dish Put all those little bits of ingredients back in the refrigerator and put the leftovers in there. And if you do that a few times a week, you're going to end up with a pile of food in the (laughs) fridge. So instead, I tell people, you know, look at what you have on hand and let that determine the next dish you're going to make. So if you do that, you're just going to slash your food waste because you'll eat the food you have on hand. And you'll save money. And I think it makes cooking more fun because you become more of a creative cook, you look in the fridge and see, oh, look, I have some leftover rice, and I have eggs, and I have these random vegetables, I can make fried rice. And you can make soup out of just about anything. You know, you you don't need very much. So that would be my my top tip for people.
0: And it's an amazing tip, because like, it totally makes sense, right? Like, why go to the store and keep buying food? And that's kind of what I do on Sundays. I go in my fridge and I'll just look, okay, like what can we make next week for food, right? So we always, my kids love French toast. So we always have bread and, you know, as soon as the bread's been out in the cupboard for like two or three days, because it's actual bread, there's no like crap in it. It yeah. goes moldy very fast. <laughs> so it goes into the fridge and then I know like, Hey, it's the bread's in the fridge. It's time to think of what we're going to use this bread for. Ex- you know, if we don't want to have toast, right? So it's like, okay, we have eggs. I never go out and have to buy, buy eggs. I always have eggs in the fridge. You know what I mean? And I think it's such a great tip because often what happens is, like you said, we make a meal. And then we put the leftovers in the fridge and then the next day we make a meal and then we put the leftovers in the fridge. And then by the end of the week, we're like, oh, this has to go in the garbage. If you compost, great. That's a little bit better. But it ends up somewhere, right? Right. So I never, I don't make, you know, Monday to Friday, like Friday is like, I don't cook day. But like at least Monday to Thursday, even Sunday, like I'm not making a different meal every day. It's like, okay, we had chicken last night. Like I'm vegan, but the kids had chicken. There's leftover chicken. I don't know what we're having tonight, but it's going to involve chicken.
1: Right. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) I found some mushrooms somewhere. My daughter loves mushrooms. We're going to like probably fry some mushrooms, have the leftover chicken and do whatever we want with it. And then find some other vegetable in the fridge. And that's what supper is going to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it saves time. I mean, nobody has time to cook a meal from scratch every night. Most most people don't have time for that. And so I always have something on the go. I when I cook, I try to think, okay, what else can this become later? So right. like last night I cooked a whole bunch of wheat berries. Um I love them. They're they're delicious. They're chewy and kind of like rice but chewy and have a decent amount of protein in them. Anyway I cooked a bunch of them. And I made extra for the soup that I'm going to make today. So I'm trying to always think ahead when I make something. Like, okay, how can I incorporate this into a dish later in the week? And right. that way, if you have something prepped, it, it saves you time and it's um, less stressful.
0: And yeah. do you, uh, like meal, like not meal prep, but like make a schedule for the week? Like, okay, Monday, we're going to eat this. Tuesday, does that help? with food waste because you know exactly what you're going to eat? Is that something yeah, that you do?
1: I, I think it does. I, I think some meal planning does help, uh, but uh, I don't, I'm not that strict about it. I don't do mm-hmm. a whole week. Uh, I just have in my head, okay, these are the next couple of dishes I want to make. Okay. And so, well, I mean, I look in the fridge first. <laughs> and see, okay. Well, like what, what can I make with what's there? I'm trying to think of the next couple of, of meals I'm going to make. And then go shopping if I need anything, so I don't plan the whole week. If you do meal plan for the whole week, keep in mind that stuff happens and things come up. Right. You know, there might be a lunch at work, or your kids might, you know, have uh, that might eat at a friend's house or something, or you know, there's an impromptu dinner invitation. So, try, if you. I think if you meal plan, keep a couple of spaces open.
0: No, I agree. Like I'm kind of like a lazy meal planner, like like, kind of like you, like I have an idea. Like yesterday we took out the chicken. Okay. That means for like two nights, the kids will be having chicken and then we're going to have, they love French toast. So usually once a week we have French toast because it's easy. It's quick. It uses the eggs in the fridge. It uses bread that, um, that isn't as fresh anymore. So I have like ideas of what we usually eat, but you're right. If sometimes if it's too restrictive, and then you're like, now I have all this food, and we're going out for dinner tonight. Now what right. am I going to do with the food? Right, right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do meal planning light.
0: So. Yeah, the lazy light meal planner.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it works for me. Uh, So yeah, and it it saves you know saves time, cuts food waste, reduces stress.
0: Right. And so that would be like that's a that's a great tip. Just you know shop your fridge. So people have shopped their fridge and what are some other ways to reduce waste in the kitchen? Like, is there anything you can reuse? Is there, you know, what is it that you do in your kitchen that you recommend people do? Like once you've made your meal now, how can you go a step further and like even reduce waste even more like food waste?
1: Well, I think eat all the parts of the vegetable, all the edible parts. Right. (laughs) So cauliflower leaves, you can, if the, if the ribs are really wide, you know, the white parts of the rib, then just treat those like cauliflower. And if they're not as wide, then you can uh, toss them, the leaves in olive oil and roast them with a bit of salt and pepper. Uh, so, you know, eat all of those parts. Uh, let's see, we had squash on the weekend. And the seeds, you can roast those. They're delicious, you know, depending on the squash, winter squash. And, uh, what else? Broccoli. You can eat broccoli stems Right. You don't have to throw those out. Those are delicious. Lemons. I, ha- I have a lemon tree. My sister says that's why I'm, I am have not come back to Canada yet. <laughs> I love my lemon tree. I, I love my lemon tree. And I don't, I don't save the peel of every lemon because it, you know, I do have a tree, but I save a lot of the, the zest because it's delicious and so sometimes before i squeeze a lemon i'll zest it first and put that in the freezer in little jars and then if i'm baking pancakes or muffins or something just throw that zest in and it adds a lot of flavor or if you peel it you can peel it with a vegetable peeler you can make limoncello with uh lemon zest and uh the freezer also you know, freeze stuff. If you have, I don't know, let's say you made a vat of soup, and I don't mind eating soup three nights in a row, but the rest of my family.
0: (laughs) I'm the same, like, I'll eat soup every day. I
1: don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, just throw some in the freezer, and then you'll have soup, for, let's say maybe in a couple of weeks, your family will have forgotten that they (laughs) had soup two weeks ago and then pull it out so right. you, can, you can freeze all kinds of stuff you can freeze bread you can freeze milk and eggs whisk the egg up first leftovers oh tomatoes my freezer is filled mostly with tomatoes right now at the end of the season I buy cases of tomatoes and I roast them and then I put them in wide mouth glass jars and I freeze them I leave headspace and uh, that's my solution to canned tomatoes in the winter. And they're delicious. They taste so good. So the freezer, use the freezer. That's, a, that's another tip. And you don't have to freeze stuff for six months. Just if you're not going to get to something for a few days, just freeze it. And then right. pull it out in a few days.
0: And- right. I, I love to, uh, with strawberries, you know, my kids eat, go through tons of strawberries during strawberry season. And so they don't want to eat the end of the strawberries I cut it off and I freeze them and then I just add them to smoothies
1: oh yeah 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 yeah
0: so I'm like it's edible and they're getting a little bit of greens in their smoothies and they have no idea like I throw a couple of strawberries and then a handful of the tops boom you have like a strawberry smoothie and then you didn't waste any of it
1: right yeah and I think
0: I think people often I think we're just so normalized that like we have to cut everything and throw it out and the thing is most people don't compost right so a lot of this stuff is just going in the trash. You know what I mean? At least if I have a little bit of food waste, I know it's going in the compost and it's going to make earth. And like, I feel like way less guilty, but you know, all those ends of like carrots and stuff, it's like make a book, like make a vegetable broth. Like I have like bunches of jars in my freezer and I put like the outside of onions in there. I put like any like food that is, you know, about to die. (laughs) I stick it in a jar in my freezer and then I'm going to make like a veggie broth. And then we had a, a big, I had like so many peppers this year, like so many peppers, like, like an abundance. So I just chopped all of them up, put them and put them in the freezer. And so like, if I make a saute, I just take some of it and I drop it in instead of, I'm never going to eat like 30 or 40 (laughs) peppers in like a week. I'm like, it's not happening. We need to chop these up. But what are some other... Do you have any... You talked about the lemon zest. You mentioned cello. What is that exactly? Oh,
1: lemon cello. Oh, yeah. it's delicious. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. It's... Uh, so you peel... You could make it with oranges or limes also, but it's classically made with lemons. So you, I use a, a vegetable peeler and peel just the lemon zest off of the lemon. You don't want any of the white pith. You steep that in vodka for... At least four days. I usually let mine go for a few weeks because I get busy doing something else. <laughs> and then you strain out the peels. And by that time, they're kind of pale. And the okay. vodka is yellow and lemony. And then you make a simple syrup of sugar and water. And uh, you dilute the vodka as little or as much as you like. And I store it in the freezer. And it's, it's delicious. It's dangerously delicious. And it's you... really potent
0: like you, drink, you it. drink it
1: yeah 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 okay yeah. okay I was like
0: are you baking with it like what are we doing yeah, on it I <laughs>
1: actually have baked with it I have a okay recipe on my blog for limoncello biscotti oh okay cool so that is biscotti with whatever nuts you have and some lemon zest and a little bit of limoncello they're so good oh
0: <laughs> and I will link the i'll link it all in the description so if you're listening you don't need to write it down i will link it below for you in in the description and what are other things that you you know i feel like sometimes i take for granted that i do these random things like cut strawberry tops off and put in the freezer and when i tell someone i do it they're like what that's like the best idea ever i'm like oh like okay i didn't I didn't think it was so mind-blowing. So is there any you know things that you might take for granted where you're like, doesn't everyone do this? Because I thought everyone cut their strawberry tops off and put it in the freezer, but apparently not. Is there any other things you do that might blow someone's mind, but it's something you just take for granted that you do all the time?
1: Oh, yeah. So one thing (laughs) I've been doing for over a decade, and I hesitated to post it on Facebook and Instagram in the summer, is that... I take containers with me to restaurants when I eat out and then I put the leftover food in the container. And I thought, oh, this is so, you know, like, I don't know, it's just so basic. But I posted it and oh my God, it it went a little viral on Facebook and because I made a reel. And so Facebook pushes reels out to people who aren't in my audience. You would right. not believe the nasty comments. <laughs> it was, people lost their minds. Like the, you know, people who don't follow me, the people who follow right. me, like, oh my god, this is a great idea! I'm going to start right. doing this. Um, but uh, yeah, because when you when you eat out here, they they bring you so much food, you can't finish it. It's it's just huge amounts of food. And then they'll bring you a plastic container or a styrofoam container at some restaurants. Even a paper container, those paperboard ones, well, they're likely coated with PFAS, which is a Mm -hmm. forever chemical, which is just terrible. Or they're lined with polyethylene plastic, which is plastic. Or they're lined with possibly uh, another type of plastic, Uh, let's say, I guess, PLA, I think it's polylactic acid. Anyway, which is compostable where facilities exist. Anyway, so you're putting your food in this container that probably has some plastic and nasty stuff in it, and then you take it home and you throw it out, or you just bring your own container from home. And uh, anyway, for some reason that blew people's minds (laughs) and really upset a bunch of people too. I have no idea why. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, if I had said something about politics, I would have had less of a harsh reaction from some people. It was really crazy. So that's that's one thing, and that's so easy to do. So you just bring, I have metal containers and jars, and my favorite restaurant that we go to occasionally, they really do bring you a ton of food. and uh, But anyway, then you have leftovers, Oh, that's another thing. Glass jars, storing your food in the fridge in glass jars and containers, you can see what you have, and then you're not going to find some rotting food in an opaque (laughs) container at the back of the (laughs) fridge later in the month. So it's really helpful if you can see what you have, and then you just look in there. Oh, I better eat the whatever leftover lasagna in here.
0: Right, and I love the idea of bringing your own container. I do that as well there is a donut place that I go to locally here and they make vegan donuts and regular donuts. And that's what we usually get for the kids' birthdays. Oh, nice. And I remember calling, I remember making an order and I was like, I had, the first time I went, I just took their boxes. So I wanted to like, see if I liked the donuts first. And they were giving them in these huge pizza boxes because it was letters. So it was like, happy birthday, EJ, or happy birthday, Jackson. Oh. And so they put them in these big pizza boxes. And then the other stuff would be, in more like um, a different type of box that could not necessarily be recycled. So I kept them. And then the next time I placed an order, when I called, I said, hi, would it be okay if I brought my own boxes? And the girl was like, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> and so I went in in person as well and said, Hey, I have these containers. Can you use this instead of, you know, yours? And she's like, let me go ask my boss. And the boss is like, absolutely for sure. And I said, you don't even have to take it over the counter if you're like scared that they're contaminated. You can just put the donut in my hand, and I will put it in the container oh, myself. Right. And she was like, no, no, it's fine. So I order these donuts for birthdays, and I've been I've I used this pizza box oh at least ten or fifteen times, like for birthdays. It's just I wipe it out, and then we just put like a piece of paper in it. So, you know, they put paper, and then. I go and they're like, when I went the last time, they're like, you're almost famous here. You always bring your own containers. We're always talking about you. (laughs) And and I laugh, like maybe someone else is thinking, hey, I should bring my own container. Or one thing that I do do, what I do if I go out and I don't have a container, say we're going to a restaurant. I actually did this last week. We had so much food and some of it was just like not gonna be eaten. It was like bits and pieces of food. And one was- it was still good. So I opened up a napkin and like wrapped the food in my napkin and oh, like put yeah. it to the side. Yeah. And then, the, then I wanted to compost the other stuff because I knew they weren't composting and all the other food I put in the other napkin and wrapped it up. And then I brought it home. And I mean, they, I don't know if they noticed, but I was like, no, no, you don't have to take those napkins. That's good. Or if I go to the coffee shop and I want a cookie, I'm like, oh, you can just put it in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need a bag. No, nope. Yeah. And it saves them money. I mean, during COVID, COVID,
1: the prices for all of that packaging that restaurants buy went through the roof Mm -hmm. and the stuff got really expensive. So, and yeah, some, some are so happy to do it. Some, sometimes they'll thank me for bringing my own container for, for takeout. And the, my husband, uh, he, he always takes containers. He's not shy at all. He'll go to a restaurant if he's not sure whether they will let you bring your own container he, he just asks and so there's one restaurant, one of his favorite ones it's a Chinese restaurant and um every time he goes, he says someone in line behind him says, "That's a great idea <laughs> every time
0: and that's the thing like I remember I was at an event. it was like at the beginning of my blogging career, it was like probably two thousand and eleven it was actually in California oh. and um, I remember I was standing in line with with a friend. It was a green it was a big green event and I was just standing there and I was like, "Oh, I something like I wish more people like brought their own utensils, you know, instead of taking the plastic." And the girl I was standing with is all plastic free and she's like, "You know, Stephanie, all we can do is show up with our reusable fork and our knife and hope that people notice and that one person makes a change. She's like, we can't change anybody." She goes, we can educate. And I know it's so simple, but like, that's when I kind of had my aha moment of like, all I can do is like show up with my containers, my, my knives and forks, wrap my food up in napkins to bring it to compost or eat at home. I can't make anyone do those things. Right. So it's great that your husband's in line and someone's like, oh, that's a great idea. We should bring our own. He didn't share it with anybody. He just literally stood there with his containers. Yeah. And so maybe now someone else is going to bring, bring their containers with them.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so.
0: And I think that's how we make change more than when I was in college or university. Going, did you know you can recycle that? You know, with like big oh, attitudes, right, right. <laughs> or like, did you know that can be composted? Or did you know that you know, <laughs> such like a little little hothead, you know, thinking I'm like hot shit because like I reuse stuff, and. That didn't change anyone. It just made people feel icky and be like, feel shame. Like, oh, I don't bring my containers or I don't bring my knives and forks. Right. But if I show up with them or you show up with it, I feel like that's where change happens more because we're not shaming anyone. We're just like, we have our knives and forks. We're just going on with our life. If you choose to bring yours, that's cool. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine says, if I was preachy, I'd be unbearable.
0: <laughs> and, and the, I feel like we've all kind of been, well, maybe not everybody, but I was at that preachy phase, you know, when I first started, because like I said, in like university and like just after university and you get further, definitely with kindness and the education side versus like, did you know? (laughs) No, I didn't know because I didn't ask your opinion. (laughs) I'm like, you didn't ask my opinion. That's right. (laughs)
1: Well, yeah, it's like um, eco-splaining. Right. Instead of mansplaining green maybe green splaining yeah maybe that'd be a good term
0: green splaining yeah we need to uh start using (laughs) and and i really feel like showing up with your stuff like i feel like that makes a big a big difference and is there one other maybe one or two other things that you do that you know again mind-blowing some might be like oh that's a really great idea like never thought to do that to like reduce waste and like reduced like food waste food waste yeah. Or like waste in general, if you want just anything that, again, you take for granted, but someone else would find like, Oh wow. That's a really smart idea. Like bringing your containers again. Also I do it and people are like, that's a great idea. I'm like, Oh, this isn't a thing. <laughs> I thought it was the yeah, thing. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm so used to this stuff now. Uh, I forget. I just take for granted. Like, Oh, I mean, of course I'm going to freeze a, uh, Make a giant ice cube in a a bowl because we're going camping. Right. In in a week.
0: Um, So, what is it that you do? Like, so you said, like, you take a giant ice cube, so you just like freeze ice and then.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, so take a stainless steel bowl Mm -hmm. and fill it with water and put it in the freezer, maybe a few days before you're going camping or on a trip. And that will last in your cooler for days. Like, three or four days. Or or if you have old plastic bottles, just fill those with water and, and make your own freezer packs.
0: That's smart. See? Yeah. I never would have thought to do that. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And then, um, yeah, when I, so when I wrote my, my book, I had to figure out a couple of things. Like, uh, so most almost every recipe when you make pastry will say, You know, make the dough form a ball and wrap it in plastic wrap. Right. And so, I mean, I I stopped using plastic wrap. Actually, I haven't used plastic wrap even before I went plastic free. uh, I I wouldn't buy plastic wrap, and my my mom, who grew up without plastic wrap, always wondered how I survived without it. But uh, (laughs) anyway, so instead of wrapping it in plastic, I would flatten the dough into a disk, and put it on a plate, and then put another plate over top. So really simple. And you know, we, we've been eating pastry for centuries, <laughs> and I've uh, only had saran wrap or plastic wrap for, I don't know, 70 years, and we survived. So I think by just not buying the stuff, you come up with solutions. Right. I, love, I love roasted beets and I used to make them in tinfoil. So I'd take my beet and cut the ends off and wash it. Oh, and now I save those ends and I make beet kvass, which is a fermented drink. But anyway, so I wash the beets and I would wash the beets and wrap them in tinfoil and put a few beets on a dish in the oven and roast them. And then when I stopped buying tinfoil, I thought, well, One day I wanted beets and I thought, oh no, I don't have tinfoil anymore. How am I going to do this? And I thought, oh, my Dutch oven. I have a small Dutch oven, maybe that will work. So I put the beets in that and put the lid on it and roasted them and it worked perfectly. And it was a lot easier to clean up. I didn't have this tinfoil with beet juice dripping off of it to throw in the garbage. And so just, you know, just little things like that. You come up with solutions.
0: Right. And I would, since you're talking about your book, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your cookbook and, you know, how people can find it. (laughs) And then I know you have workshops. We can touch on that in a minute, but so what's, you know, I mentioned what the name of your cookbook is, but if you want to say it again and like, just what, what's, what's in it. Is it just, is it how to like, is it to make recipes with food that like leftover foods and stuff? Like, I'd love for you to share that.
1: So um, when I worked on it, I thought of it as a big puzzle and I start off with some chapters on reducing waste, you know, why it's a good idea, Uh, cooking methods, that one is called Cooking Like Grandma, and uh, some chapter on fermentation. And then I have recipes, so I have uh, one section staples and scraps. So staples you can make yourself at home and things you can make with scraps. And then I have breakfast and lunch. No, breakfast and sides and mains and snacks and drinks and desserts. And so, in each recipe, I have something at the end that says that now for your next recipe. So, I give people ideas for what to do with either the leftovers of that dish or some of the leftover ingredients that you'll now have on hand. From preparing that dish, and i i think that i think that really helps because you're not starting from scratch every day, right? You've
0: got like some- if you follow the if you follow through the book, you'll be like, oh, I had this leftover from my last recipe. I can add it to this one,
1: right? Right. So like right now in the fridge, I have barlotti beans that I cooked last night in my pressure cooker. They were fresh. We bought them at the farmer's market. They're so good. And I have my wheat berries. And I have homemade broth. So I have a bunch of things ready for soup that I'm going to make today. And I'll chop up a whole bunch of vegetables and put some mushrooms in and some tomatoes. So, yeah, that's that's what I tried to do with the book. To It's sort of like a whole approach, not just, you know, a recipe here and a recipe there. That's completely unrelated. <laughs> so I think that will really help people slash their food waste and their packaging waste. Because the highly processed food is what's in the shiny plastic packages. So if you do make some staples yourself, you're going to cut that packaging and the food will taste better. And some of them are pretty easy to do, like fermentation. It's really simple, but you have to plan ahead. So if I want dill pickles, I have to make them five days in advance because it takes, well, three to five days to ferment. So it takes a little bit of planning, but not that much.
0: Do you talk about fermentation in your book?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm obsessed okay. with fermentation. Yeah, I've got a little, I've got a chapter on it explaining the benefits and the tools you need, which are pretty basic. And uh Yeah, I have quite a few recipes in there for fermented foods. So I have sauerkraut and kimchi dosas. They're so good. I need to make some. (laughs) I was thinking that last night. (laughs) Uh, And then kombucha tapachi, which is, oh, it's so good. It's a Mexican drink made from pineapple peels and cores. And you take the pineapples, peels and cores, stuff you ordinarily throw out, or hopefully compost and not throw out, but <laughs> you ordinarily don't do anything with it. So you put that in a jar with the sugar and water and the lactic acid bacteria on the fruit, they eat the sugars and they excrete gases and acids and you get this bubbly, absolutely delicious drink. It's so good. And, uh... So you can either drink it right away or you can bottle it. If you bottle it, it'll get even more fizzy, which you you really don't need it more fizzy because it's very carbonated. So I make a batch of that, and then you can make a second batch because the pineapples are really, really sweet, but I make a more concentrated batch. And uh, then you can make a third batch, also concentrated, and let it ferment until you have vinegar. Really, uh, it makes really good, strong vinegar. Not as strong as apple cider vinegar, but still like really good and homemade vinegar out of, you know, trash.
0: I love fermented foods. And since we're talking about fermented foods, I think you have workshops, right? That you offer people that they can come online and learn about fermenting and other like cooking type things.
1: Yeah, I do about one a month, maybe two a month. I have a free sourdough starter workshop i do every couple of months because uh, a lot of people started baking sourdough during covid i've i did it i've been doing it since before covid uh my starter eleanor turned eight years old this year (laughs) and uh yeah so i do a free sourdough starter workshop and then i have a workshop i think it's in december um Uh, for pizza with the discards when you feed your starter you take a lot of it out and I have a bunch of recipes for for what to do with that because it's not bubbly enough to make the bread and then occasionally I do a sourdough bread workshop I do sauerkraut I did a ginger beer fundraiser I need to schedule another fundraiser those are fun I did borscht to raise money for Ukraine in March this year so yeah, do workshops and I do uh, speaking engagements and things like that.
0: And I will list everything in the description. So if anyone's interested in getting Anne-Marie's book or any of her workshops, I'll have that all in the description so you can sign up for that. And lastly, where can people find you? I know you're on Instagram and Facebook, but what? where else can people find you and what are your handles?
1: Well, my blog is zerowastechef.com with the zero spelled out. And yeah, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm at Zero Waste Chef. I also have a newsletter. Um, I don't have the it's Substack. I'm, I actually I don't know what that URL is, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's on Substack. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's where you can find me.
0: So you guys can all follow Anne Marie and learn more tips on how you can reduce your food waste and stuff like that. Um, I highly recommend that you head over to Instagram. and and follow her over there. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate really appreciate it and it was a fun conversation.
1: Well thank you Stephanie. Yeah it was fun. Uh thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome. So if you're looking for more sustainable living inspiration, I have a couple of other episodes that you might want to check out. Episode number 21 is eight ways to create a low waste lunch. And anne briefly touched on PFAS. So I have two episodes with Leah Segedi: episode 51 and episode 52, Protect Yourself from PFAS. It's a two-parter. Um, also episode 53, Easy Ways to Live Waste-Free. And episode 55, Eliminate Food Waste One Meal at a Time. Again, everything will be in the description. Please share this episode with your friends, coworkers, mom, dad, uncles, cousins, seriously, anyone you can think of. Um, And I would highly appreciate it. Stay connected with me on Instagram and TikTok at this is Stephanie Moram. And don't forget to subscribe to the Green Junkie podcast on your favorite platform. And again, you can download my complimentary audio series. You'll find everything in the description. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next Tuesday, Green Junkie.